0: Welcome to MomLitics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. Here at MomLitics, we make politics palatable for parents. You know, it's tough to find an issue that stirs up more raw emotion or stronger opinions than abortion. In many countries outside the US, there seems to be at least some consensus among citizens on the topic. In Europe, for example, abortions are only allowed very early in pregnancy, with limited exceptions. But here in America, it seems there's a permanent line in the sand. On one side, the pro-lifers, who the woke mainstream media now call anti-abortionists. Of course, they made that change. And then there are the pro-choice advocates. Can you imagine if the media started regularly referring to them as baby killers? Anyway, the point of today's episode is not to debate abortion. It's to talk about something pretty crazy that's happened since Roe v. Wade was overturned this past summer. Get this, it's actually led to a more bipartisanship all for the purpose of helping pregnant and new mothers. To go into more depth on these efforts and the unlikely collaboration between the left and the right is Missouri House Representative Wendy Houseman. Missouri is, of course, one of the 12 states that have completely banned abortions with limited exceptions. In the Show Me state, Houseman is spearheading efforts to ramp up resources to address the challenges facing new mothers, especially low-income single moms which is something Democrats, of course, have been advocating for for decades. So Representative Houseman, thank you so much for joining us today on MomLytics. Thank you for having me. So first, let's back up and talk about you. I know you just joined the legislature this past January. Congratulations. Thank you. How's it going so far? It's very fast
1: paced. Um, but I feel like I was made for this because as a mom and uh, I've, I have five children. And so um, I am used to multitasking a lot. Well,
0: that's great. And you you said you're a mom of five. That is very impressive. I have three (laughs) little ones and that's a lot. So how did you um, become so passionate about helping mothers and was that part of the reason you decided to run for office?
1: Well, I have always wanted to um, be in politics. Even as a little girl, I noticed there was a lot of things that women couldn't do that men could do. And so I instead of getting angry and you know upset with people, I thought, you know what, I want to be one of those people that makes laws. Instead of going right into politics, I went right into motherhood. And um, so my family um, got pretty large. And then when my kids started growing up and moving out, the opportunity came for me to um, run for state representative. And um, children being naturally something that I love (laughs) and close to my heart, I was able to, you know, just start working on things that affect children and new mothers.
0: Having joined the legislature after Roe v. Wade was overturned must be so interesting too. Do you know how many more babies are projected to be born in Missouri now that abortion is pretty much
1: banned. The birth rate in Missouri is averages about sixty eight thousand a year, and that really has you know stayed sustained since two thousand twenty to the, um, last year. So I don't see a huge difference um, yet, but maybe those are some statistics that will come out later and be able to show us you know what's happening.
0: So let's talk a little bit about all these new lives, which is such a blessing in Missouri, but also the strain that that's going to put on the state's resources. And it's interesting. It's happening at a time when the state's chamber of commerce president has just said that lack of childcare is one of the most significant barriers to people entering the workforce, especially single
1: moms. That is true. That's only gonna get worse, right? Right, right. As a freshman legislator, they let us go across the state of Missouri. And so we got to talk to all kinds of business owners, big businesses, small businesses, nonprofits, you know, just across the the board. The top priority is trying to get workers. You know, they just can't get workers to, you know, come in and childcare is a, is a significant issue. So, you know, that was one of the things that we thought about, well, hey, how can we, you know, do something to help, you know, these moms? And that is to, one, help small businesses and um, help these businesses that already have the child care facilities. If we can cut some taxes for them, you know, maybe they would be more willing to pay their workers more and maybe, you know, encourage other businesses to start to have a new business. So give more options for mothers.
0: Can you help us understand a little better the issue with the lack of childcare? Is it that there aren't enough facilities or there aren't enough uh, workers to staff these childcare facilities or that it's too expensive for it's mothers a, or all, all of the above?
1: Yes, it really is. Um, many of the um, current childcare facilities, they don't have enough workers. And um, the amount of money that they get is very low and it's very limited. And so if we can help them out a little bit, maybe they can pay their workers more. You know, Maybe they can lower their rates That's
0: wonderful. And with the um, property tax exemption, can you project the savings that this will mean for childcare facilities and will they be able to hire more workers?
1: That is the goal. I know that um, the the fiscal impact is is not gonna hurt the taxpayers, I can say that, but what it will have an impact is um, allowing you know m- moms to be able to go to work and make money, which they're gonna produce more taxes, which maybe they can buy a bigger house. So we're hoping to make up for that with the prosperity of the people who are using the childcare facilities.
0: That's amazing. And I know lack of access to childcare Um, has been cited as one of the reasons that women get abortions in the first place. You know, you can imagine how overwhelming that could seem for a young pregnant mom thinking that they might not even have anyone to help watch their kids. So hopefully this will um, prevent some women from wanting to leave the state and get one.
1: Right. Well, in an the they did a survey and they said 60% of the people who were considering abortion, that was one of their top considerations was are they going to have child care. So if we can help that, maybe we'll have more children. And, you know, I really hope that, um, you know, we get this passed and get it through. I know it's going through the Senate right now as well. And so it's looking pretty good.
0: Well, that's very exciting. And it's also not the only measure going through state and federal legislatures right now to help new mothers. It seems like you guys are really surrounding it on all sides. I've been reading a lot about extending Medicaid coverage to low-income moms from 60 days after giving birth to a full year. And I know that's already been enacted in 28 states.
1: I think that's necessary because a lot of um, lower income mothers don't have, you know, that helping hand. And so I think that will help out a great deal for them not to have to, you know, rush back because sometimes mothers, you know, they, they go back to work too soon and then they're, you know, they can get sick just by doing that. And so, you know, hopefully that in itself will help mothers to be able to stay home a little bit longer and just to, you know, be the mom they need to be.
0: Well, I saw that you are co-sponsoring a bill uh, to make diapers and feminine hygiene products sales tax free. Yes. Would you be able to talk about the impact you think that will have?
1: Sure. As I know in many states across the country, you know, um, feminine hygiene products, you don't have to pay anything, um, any taxes. And um, so we thought, you know, that would also be helpful for diapers because I know as having lots of children, diapers are one of the top expenses. <laughs> so, you know, just to give a little bit more of a break, when you can help out a little bit here, a little bit there. And, you know, we still have to pay taxes to pay for the systems that we have in place. So we can't eliminate all taxes, but the ones that are minor and, and could help and have a huge impact, I think if we can eliminate those, that helps out the new mom, the new dad.
0: Diapers are so expensive, it's unbelievable. They are. And we're still in the pull-up phase, so those are expensive too. They are. (laughs) our little ones. That is true. So it's not surprising, really, that you and other conservative lawmakers are attempting to help these mothers through economic incentives, whereas Democrats usually prefer the handout approach. The party has really been all about the safety nets for some time now, especially since the Great Society legislation of the 1960s when social welfare programs like Medicare and Medicaid were created and the role of government really ramped up. So I can't imagine that Democrats haven't tried to pass laws like this before that help new moms. Do you know what kind of roadblocks they might have stumbled into in the past? When it comes to finances,
1: we tend to disagree because they do like to throw a lot of money at things. And, you know, I think sometimes we kind of see, you know, differently like on the abortion issue. And so I have to try to think what's their perspective. How are they looking at it? When I have conversations about abortion with some of them, I think of it as a human being as a child and they don't, they think of it as cells. And so they're like apples and oranges and you can't really compare the two when they're not the same. And so I think whenever you are on the same page and you're saying, hey, let's give parents a break, let's try to help out, you know, not a handout, but a hand up. So let's try to work, you know, with parents. I think my bill does that.
0: So it kind of sounds like the roadblocks had more to do with sort of the way that Democrats were trying to pass these bills, as you said, maybe throwing money at it rather than trying to come up with creative ways to reach the same goal. Why do you think from the Republican perspective, it's taken so long to bring these benefits for new mothers for this to become a priority?
1: When it affects your pocketbook, I think that opens a lot of people's eyes. When I talked to business owners, it was all about, we can't find workers. So when you can't find workers, you have to find a solution. Well, what's the problem? They don't have childcare. So, okay, how can we help that? And my bill is a small thing to try to help, try to incentivize uh, more childcare facilities, try to make uh, companies, I think, a little bit more creative because if a company can have childcare in their business somehow, they can get some of the child exemption tax credit. So I think you just have to kind of think sometimes outside the box. How can we help, you know, and what ways can we go about it? that we're not going to throw a bunch of money at it, but maybe it would help. That's what my bill does, and I think that's what the governor's talking about is, you know, trying to give, you know, more money to incentivize tax credits for children, which also incentivize people that maybe have more children, which I think is always great. Um, I, I have a large family, and I think, you know, large families are great, and um, I'd love to see more of that. So I think whenever you, you close the abortion issue and just think, okay, how does this affect everyone as a whole? You know, when you're it's, it's pro-business, it's pro-workforce, it's pro-family. You know, maybe if we look at it like that, then the other side doesn't look down upon it and say, oh, you're trying to suppress women, you know, or you're trying to do something, you know, negatively that people like, okay, this is going to be good for the people. And and I think that is is the main goal.
0: So basically focusing on the common goals here rather than how pissed off everyone was the reason yes. that we're here in the first place.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yes.
0: So it sounds like your proposal is really receiving some bipartisan support, yes. which is wonderful. Was there a particular moment you can remember in the state house when a Democrat chimed in and was like, yeah, I think
1: this is great. We really need to do this. I haven't presented my, my bill yet on the floor. So um, I'm hoping that whenever I do, that I will get that moment. Um, but I have talked to some Democrats and they you know, are on board with it. and They think it's a good idea. They said it's not enough. But, you know, it's a start. And like I said, we got to make those little steps because you can't expect to just, you know, do one big, large thing and it's going to fix it all. I think those baby steps are how we get there.
0: Absolutely. Baby steps are always helpful. They are. <laughs> so how have your fellow Republicans reacted to um, this bipartisan support? I have to imagine that some who have been lawmakers for a longer amount of time are maybe a little bit more, I don't know, skeptical is the right word, but you know they've they've experienced a lot more conflict, so maybe they're
1: That's maybe they're true. a little
0: more skeptical or shocked, right.
1: or maybe happy. I don't know. I'm very optimistic as a freshman coming in. My party's great; they're very supportive of one another, and so um, right now it's looking pretty good. So we'll see.
0: So, to your knowledge, and maybe you don't know, but is this bipartisanship phenomenon following overturning Roe v. Wade happening
1: in other states and on the federal level? I hope so, because I think, you know, the whole country is in the same financial um, situation as Missouri, as you know, we're all, you know, lacking workers and businesses are struggling. And so I feel like it's, you know, how can we get through this situation, you know, together? I think that unifies us more than separates us, because I think I feel like sometimes the world is just always trying to separate us. And I think whenever we say, hey, let's try to solve a problem together, it just makes everything a little bit different.
0: And I just want to say, as we talk about this, that I realize that the root of this bipartisanship is not all sunshine and rainbows. To take it from the Democratic perspective, I'm sure that many of them are devastated by the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So with these efforts, I think a lot of the times they're working with Republicans to try to lessen the blow. Do you think that thanks to this bipartisanship, you'll be able to accomplish much more meaningful reform than you might have
1: otherwise? I think so. It seems like a diff- different atmosphere. It just seems the house I know is seems to be getting along. I mean, we have our issues. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's we had an issue about, you know, our dress code across the country. It made it look like the men were trying to tell the women what to wear. And that's not what happened. And that's not what it was. But for the most part, it seems that there is a good atmosphere and that we are having good um, rapport with the Democrats and the Republicans. And so um, I hope that continues, but we're pretty early in the game. So we shall see how it goes.
0: What was the dress code?
1: Was it um, antiquated? We can wear dresses, but we're required to wear a jacket, just like the men have to wear a jacket, a suit jacket. And the language before, it just wasn't very clear. So they had put, you know, women are allowed to wear blazers and knitted blazers, which basically was like a cardigan. The news media just took it and ran with it and were like, they're trying to tell women what to wear. They're trying to control women by their clothing now. And it had nothing to do with that. The amendment was was written by a woman, a Republican woman who just wanted to clean up the language so it was clear, so it was more universal across the board. And it, it made national news. <laughs> mean, mm-hmm. so say- any other
0: thoughts wrapping up just on how bizarre it is that one of the most polarizing issues in the country has actually led to republicans and democrats working together
1: it's crazy because whenever i we debate these different bills and i've, I've been in different committees and listening to you know both sides of different things and and i get a lot from the democrats that we hate as Republicans. And it breaks my heart because that's by far, you know, we're not a hateful group. You know, we we hate women. We hate, you know, transgender children. We hate drag queens. We don't hate anybody. (laughs) And, And that was, I think that's the hardest part of this whole, you know, thing is for some reason, the Democrats like to say we hate. And, um, You know, we don't we don't hate children. We we actually want to protect them. We want to give, you know, benefits and and help to, you know, new moms. We want to help, you know, children that are transgender. You know, we want to protect them. We want to make sure that they're safe and the best decisions are made for them. You know, drag queens, we just want to protect children, you know, from seeing things that they shouldn't see. We see different issues in a different light and we want to protect people the most vulnerable are children you know in most of these cases and rather than us hating it's it's actually we love them and so you know i think that that's probably one of the hardest things that i've had to deal with is you know parents saying you hate my children no that's not what we're doing and a lot of times you know even the abortion issue where women you know they're saying that you know we are taking away women's rights that's no we're actually trying to protect those little ones that are you know not yet born and so again it's just that different perspective and so i'm hoping that someday people will look back and say that we were doing the right thing and that we were protecting you know, the children and life and what's right.
0: Well, Representative Wendy Hausman, thank you so much for joining us today. And hopefully this is the beginning of some good bipartisanship and cooperation on this important issue. Absolutely. Totally. And thanks to you all for joining us on Momletics today, where we make politics palatable for parents.